Welcome to the Crater Podcast, a weekly show where we discuss all the JavaScript news that's happened on Crater.io this week. This episode is for Friday, December 4th, 2015. This week's episode is brought to you by Modulus.io. They are the single best hosting option available for Meteor right now. Go to Modulus.io and check them out. They offer a marketplace. They offer you Mongo databases. It's very easy to integrate with other Mongo databases. You know, they offer WebSocket support with sticky sessions. They do everything right for your Meteor app. I use them for everything that I'm doing. I would highly recommend you use them as well. Modulus.io. Welcome, Hello. Crater fans. Welcome, Crater fans. <laughs> what is that voice, man? That's my I'm sick and trying to disguise it voice. <laughs> I'm your host, Josh Owens, along with my co-host. Ben Strahan. Hello, everybody. Sup, Benny. Sup, Joshy Poo. <laughs> Benny Crazy Hair. Do you like how I uh, I made your, your crazy hair image, the YouTube image for the last video? I didn't see it. Yeah, you should go go look. Okay, I will. (laughs) It was oddly, it was one of the three options. So we do like uh, oh, that is awesome. We do like a thirty-minute show, and like that's one of the images it pulled out. YouTube did not fail us that time. (laughs) The opposite of YouTube failure. It's awesome. Uh, So what are we talking on the show today about, man? You know, I I have no idea. I forgot. I made the list on my laptop and forgot to pull it up over here. So we're going to talk about. GraphQL and Mongo, Mongo, structuring your React project, Galaxy Developer Edition. Cool. Meteor Dev Shop December. I think that'll be a big talk. Yeah. It was a good talk. It was a good talk. Uh, React Native and Meteor sitting in a tree. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. And Meteor Strike. Yes. Yes. All right. So you missed all my hand gestures if uh, you weren't watching the video on YouTube. I, I wasn't watching just now. Yeah. You were ducking. <laughs> I'm looking at the list. <laughs> I, tried, I tried to punch you. Dang. All right. Let's Graf, get into GraphQL it. GraphQL and MongoDB. Tell us about that, man. Yes. So this, to me, is uh, super interesting because I'm starting to dive more outside my comfort zone of Meteor land and trying to learn more about GraphQL and Relay and React and all that kind of stuff because I think we'll get to it a little bit later, but obviously it's it's coming whether you want it to or not, even if you use Meteor. I love that this got posted on Crater. It talks about using Graffiti. I kind of missed this part. You can use Graffiti to add GraphQL endpoints to your web server Either you can use a schema generated by an adapter or you can pass in your own. And then they have a graffiti mongoose that can generate the GraphQL schema from your database. So graffiti sits on your server side. Yeah. Okay. That's, That's what it sounds like. And it hooks into work with mongoose. And so this is, um, you know, if you're, if you're from meteor land, which I'm sure a lot of our listeners are, they train, you know, if you if you come from Meteor Land, this is almost akin to like just writing out your simple schema, but then you're you're getting kind of like this uh, GraphQL interface in here. You can start querying against for your React app. 
they go on to talk about how they're working on relay compatibility, which is kind of like the backend piece that a GraphQL schema would query against. Super interesting read. I'm glad people are working on things like this. You know, obviously, like being able to painlessly create your GraphQL schema is going to be something that's important. It makes sense to kind of do it at the database level, to me anyway. So you can just create like that mongoose schema and then generate GraphQL off of it, which is kind of cool. I would say like eat up anything that's like GraphQL. Just like rolling through it. I had I didn't read it, but I'm scrolling through it right now and it's like people who are who are new to GraphQL, like it's friendly for them. So like you guys can I can digest it. If I can digest it, you guys can digest it. So go for it, man. Yeah. Let's do some digesting. Yeah. So I mean <laughs> you're gross, Ben. If you tuned in last week, I'm pretty sure we talked about like the the article that covered GraphQL a little bit. I don't know. Maybe I'll save some of these comments for later. There's also, yes, this is right. LearnGraphQL.com by Kadira. Yes, by the Aeronotas team. Mm-hmm. Yes. Cool. What, what can we do? How, how can we build an app with React once we, we have a GraphQL? How do we build it or how do we structure it? How do we structure it? Yeah. So from the same website, reactjsnews.com. They got another article that we're going to be covering called How to Structure a React Project. I totally did not notice that uh, these were the same website. Look at that. Oh, I thought they were giving us money, sponsorship money for this. No. <laughs> Crap. Now I got to go ask for sponsorship money though. Yeah, seriously. Two in a row, man. But that's, that's cool, man. Like that, They're putting out good content. It's a different writer though. So I wonder where they're grabbing this information from. It's not that different. It's just like a basic article about structuring your app in in a way that favors components and it's just modular code uh and i don't think it's anything out of the ordinary i like how he wrote it though because again people who aren't familiar with this could come and read it and and he has a little blurb on building something from an example site that everything's in one file Mm -hmm. to an enterprise app that's going to be having components that are going to be digested by multiple views. And so they need to be separate, separated by that, by those concerns. And so he walks through each step and I don't know. I mean, what, what stood out to you that like interests you about this article? Well, I think, you know, it's, it's one of those things. Like uh, I think that a lot of our, our listeners that are coming in maybe aren't fully aware of react uh, and maybe how to work with it. And so, I mean, obviously, if you come at it from a meteor mindset, I mean, you 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 understand that you can build a folder structure. But this this one comes with, they've got a, a link to a Webpack configuration. They talk about, you know, using CSS modules and all that kind of stuff. And so I found it interesting. I mean, this is very, very similar. I wrote an article like this for Meteor as well and how you might structure it. And it was similar in that, you know, you'd create a, a views folder and kind of structure it based on your templates there, your yeah. template concerns. And so I, I, I liked it. One thing that like stood out in this article that I really liked is each step of complexity. He, he uh, broke it down. So it's not like he was trying to advocate just one way of doing things. Right. It was like, here's a way to get started. Here's a way to go deeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really like it when people approach 
the problem of how to tackle code or what library to use or, or how to structure stuff based on the complexity of what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. And that's how he tackled this article. And to me, that's always like a more intelligent way. Yeah. On how to, how to teach and how to determine what's best. You're definitely right. Like if you're going to build an app, that's maybe a hundred to 200 lines of code. You probably don't need like a huge folder structure with a bunch of two liner files. Mm hmm probably going to be really terrible development experience for you actually. So, yeah. And a vast majority of the apps out there in the world would be good enough with just the components in their own directories. And you wouldn't have to be separating the views. There's a vast amount of apps like that. And really, if you're like working with a big team and a huge app that's, that spans maybe multiple groups working on it, like I could totally see then how you want to break it out and like break out your views separately. But again, it's like each level is good only if you need it because it does introduce another level of complexity that you need to deal with them. Yeah. And he explained it perfectly or he or she, I'm sorry. I, I didn't. Juho. Yeah. They did a great job. They, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, this is good. Like even with meteor, if you're just still doing plays, uh, structuring your app, it's the same one. Like this is how I structure my stuff right now. Yeah. I buy components essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Speaking of meteor. Yeah. We, we, we had an announcement that, uh, galaxy dev edition is out. Well, it's not out. Well, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, that was maybe but we did it. that did get announced. Yeah, it was a little misleading. I'm giving you a hard time. Yeah. So, yeah. When when I saw it, it was um I actually thought it was out. Mm -hmm. Seems weird to have an announcement about something yeah, becoming available soon. But we did get pricing. It'll be about $13 uh per container, is that what mm -hmm. they said? Yep. And you could and it's a half a gig container. Their normal ones right now are 1 gig. Mm -hmm. So for the dev edition you have a half a gig and you can get a maximum of five containers. You can start with one container at 13 bucks and scale up to five, but you can't scale past that. Right. Uh, I think they're going to like level you up to like the five, $600 a month program where you have to get 10 one gig containers from there. Again, there's like this big gap, you know, you get five containers. You might not want to jump up to 10 one gig containers. Right. But you know, that's just a little nitpick thing. I really celebrate it. Like, woohoo! I tried to. I signed up right away. I'm. I'm waiting for my invite. I, I did too. I'm. Uh, I'm still waiting for my invite as well. Hey, yo, MDG. Yo, you want some free advertising? I. Yeah. I, Put us I at guess, the top of the list. I guess they don't. <laughs> they do. They do. Come on. Uh, they don't. They don't. The article I linked to was not actually the announcement of Galaxy Developer Edition like coming out, it was mm -hmm. talking about how the pricing is good. But then, you know, in typical fashion, the forums tend to devolve into a crazy place. Holy cow. I'm like reading the title of this forum right now. There, there's 96 posts in this thread. Uh, and so there, there's a, there was a little bit of a kerfluffle here. Uh, I stay yeah. off the forums. My word of the day. Yeah. It's I, so much drama. I tend to avoid it when I can now as well. Um, Holy cow. I can't believe that the title of this. Yeah. Galaxy there, Developer Edition pricing is just absurd. 
It feels like Hacker News, but smaller, right? Like you just get all the bad comments and none of the good. I don't know. There, there's some. There, there can be some good stuff on there, but I think if people just took some of this energy that they have, um, and, and do something positive with it instead, like I'm shocked by these comments. <laughs> the world would be like a ten percent better place at least. I promise. But Max Hodges pointed out apparently there was some weirdness around the wording of like. We don't recommend using developer edition for production apps for a number of reasons. One of them was less stability. One of them was no critical support because they only have like a one day SLA response time. To me, like that's, I think for most people, that's probably fine. And I don't know why, but they've limited performance metrics and monitoring. So instead of 30 days, you get five minutes, which is really crazy too. I, there's probably got to be some happy medium between <laughs> between 30 days and five minutes. I don't understand why they're doing that though. Yeah. Usually uh, people I mean, it probably usually, cost them some storage ability. Right. But uh, you know what it is, it's a, you know, Oplog doesn't scale very well. So they just decide not to, not to deal with it. <laughs> I'm just, Oplog. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's not new to the developer edition. <laughs> well, no, I mean on, the, on their actual app, like they have to store that data somewhere in Mongo. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Usually an app makes those limitations, like little silly limitations like that, just to upsell you to the next level, which usually isn't that huge of a jump. But in this case, it is a massive jump to upsell into the 10 container. Yeah. So it's like, why I start at like 500 bucks and that's if you pay yearly. So why are people, why, what, what's up with this like pettiness of like logs and stuff? And <laughs> oh, I don't, like, I don't know. Again, I, I that's just like, kinda, hmm. there's an actual support cost associated with keeping that metric data. So if you only got to keep it for five minutes, like flush it out pretty quick. Okay. Uh, Anyway, it is what it is. I mean, it's a pretty expensive service. So here, here's the interesting thing. If you click on the link I put in the show notes, uh, Matt DeBregalis jumped in here because Mark Terang, bless his heart, he is a business guy and he was in there trying to talk about how you shouldn't use Galaxy for production. And, you know, Matt jumps in and says, listen, it's fine for production. It's just there's there are different types of containers. And so it goes into how they're using spot instances versus, you know, regular AWS instances, which means like, you know, there, there could potentially be a little bit more downtime as their spot instance prices aren't set quite right. They still have a way to deal with that. It's just these spot instances are offered for a fraction of the cost of other AWS instances. But the, the difference is like, if someone outbids you on that cost, they're gonna shut your machine down and they're gonna spin theirs up since they're paying a slightly higher rate. It's kind of like AdSense for like AWS. Whoever bids the most gets the box. So I don't understand. So if I just have one container, is my app gonna be going down and up and down and up? Potentially, right? Just depending I on I don't have another container to like just depends on what their what their bids are and that kind of thing. But I you know, I think behind the scenes 
other hosting companies are doing a similar thing. If you look at Modulus, which, you know, I'll just mention their sponsor of the show, full disclosure, they, they have, you know, Joyent at DigitalOcean and a bunch of other data centers that they run on. And so they'll spin up an instance and uh, deploy your app to it. But, you know, you could be on a server that goes down. Heroku is the same way. Yeah, but that's, yeah, but they have auto scaling. And yeah, if you're on one server, then yeah, like it can go down. Okay, I guess the question is like, how right. often do you get outbid? If you're I, concerned, well, I we don't know yet, right? Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not. I've I've never dealt with spot instances before, so. Yeah, I appreciate everything that they're saying here, but for me, like I look at this from a standpoint of Crater. You know, I don't I don't really make any money with Crater. I don't have ads on it. I don't. You know, I just I, I run it and try to do the best I can with it because I love this community. Mm-hmm. I'd love to figure out a way to like make it faster, but I don't want to like pour hundreds of dollars every month into it. And you know, galaxy yeah. pro plan doesn't make any sense for me. No, you don't need that much power either. Well, you know, I don't know. I it's mean, I'm at, there, but... I'm at a two gig box on digital ocean. So I think I'm paying them like 20 bucks a month right now or something. And so for two gigs, for two boxes, you'd have to get four boxes then. I'd almost be out of the developer plan, right? I mean, Yeah, you'd have four boxes, half a gig each. You know, I could see having multiple containers. It will, it will be able to withstand the spot instance silliness. Part. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think if, if uptime is a concern, just go to two instances, you know? Yeah, but like you go to two instances, that's one gig, and you're spending like 26 bucks, a little bit more than 26 bucks a month. Right. But, you know, at the same time, like, now, now I got to look digital ocean. And then I have to get my Compose DB going. So I'm approaching 40 bucks a month. I'm already at that, you know. Yeah, I'm paying 20 bucks a month and then I'm paying Compose like 18 bucks a month. Okay, so like you're going to like tap on 10 more dollars to go to two containers. Well, that's half your size because you got two gigs. You'd only get right. one gig. I'd have to get four. So that's 52 bucks. Plus Compose. Plus compose. So 70 bucks versus uh, 38 bucks. Whoa. But you also get, you know, the one day SLA from a team that, you know, if I, if I email DigitalOcean and say my media app ain't working, I don't know. You know, I almost want to, like, I don't think they have that many um, public facing web apps hosted on Galaxy. I almost want to like go host with them and turn on Spider Bowl and then just be like, Spider Wolf's crashing my site and then let, let them fix it. <laughs> well, then Mark's going to answer your support call. <laughs> He's going to be like, go to the pro edition, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Terrible. Terrible. We love you, Mark. Sorry. We that do. was a cheap shot. Man, I almost feel like I should go on the forums just to like, like be, a, be a positive voice for MDG. Should I do that? I don't know. If you're there, yes, man. You go ahead. I don't know about yes, man, but it's just like, man, some of the, I just fired this up for the first time in like two weeks and there's like some drama going on. I, I think it's been this way for a long time though. Right. But I haven't been on for like two weeks. And so, yeah. Anyway. Anywho. So next up. Dev shop. Dev shop December. Tell us the last dev shop of the year. And I turned this on and I watched uh, Jeff's talk. Was there a talk before? His? Mm, I don't know. I only turned it on when it was time for Jeff's talk. 
Yeah, I did too. And then I think I got through like two lightning talks and I didn't listen to the rest either. So, which was enough to talk about, like, this is a big, right. like, so customer day happened like two weeks ago and we got the info and, and shared it with you guys. Some of it. And, mm -hmm. and now Jeff came out in this uh, December dev shop and then gave the pres same presentation that he gave at customer day. Uh, which was closed door. So that was great to like have it open up in the community. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. I think they've added a little more like they, they hadn't quite made that commitment to GraphQL, right? You're right. That yeah. was a pretty hard commitment. Like he was talking about, that was the slide when he was talking about what's to come in 2016. They had a really big GraphQL logo in there. Mm -hmm. um, Basically they had a lot of big Facebook library logos in there. I don't know if that meant anything. I, th I think the only thing it means for me is like, if I'm, if I'm going to be using all those libraries anyway, because the, the framework I was using is relying on them, then like, I, I, I have a feeling like Facebook's going to do something smart at some point And I don't know. Oh, uh, okay. I'm down with this. Yeah. I know we had that little conversation. We did. We did. We did. Uh, it's funny because like I just recorded uh, the Ben and Abby show and we're experimenting. We did like five shows all at once. We recorded five shows all at once. We're going to like space out the delivery of them. Nice. Yeah. They're like short shows. But anyway, the last show that we did was going to be the end year show and it was our predictions for 2016. Mm. Yeah. And so like now this is, I hear you say that it's kind of like yeah. a wild prediction. Yeah. Just like I don't think it's a wild it out of the sky. I don't think it's a wild prediction. I think it's wild. No, I mean they're building relay. They're they're building Redux. Like they're clearly implementing a lot of this stuff inside of Facebook. And I think that developers are valuable to Facebook, and they want to figure out how to tap into that. Purchase. Do you mean like they want to get developers from Facebook? They want to grow their team by grabbing Facebook. No, no, no. No, no, no. Okay. That's what it just sounded like. And I don't, I don't think that's what you meant. No. Yeah, you're right. That's not what I meant. So what I mean is if you look at Twitter versus Facebook, nobody runs Twitter ads. And frankly, I think, you know, you see a lot of articles about how Twitter's dying and all this jazz. And I, I don't know, like I was a developer that was building a Twitter app and I got screwed and my app got shut down basically by their, their uh, rate limiting policies. And, you know, I was there in early days and had a whitelist uh, account. So I used to be able to make like a million calls per hour. But, you know, Twitter kind of screwed with the developer community and shut them down. And I think that they've suffered for it. Their platform just isn't what it should be, isn't growing the way they want it to grow. And uh, people aren't buying ads. And that's how they make their dollars, right? Like follow the money, like you say, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if you look at Facebook, on the other hand, like clearly, like I've bought Facebook ads, my mm -hmm. wife's bought Facebook ads. Have you bought Facebook ads? Absolutely. Yeah. It is an amazing ad platform. You could like narrow down and target the people that you want. But you it's know, so I, I don't think it's the fact that Twitter lacks that data. I think it's the fact that they just don't have like the same experience when you type in twitter.com it's not nearly the same as when you type in facebook.com 
you know like i think twitter has more savvy users sure yeah absolutely i think that's what it is my my parents aren't on twitter but what i'm trying to get at here is the fact that i think that facebook cares for its developer community and they build apps that make that a better experience for everyone involved and twitter just doesn't really have that as much you know and i think by extension that if you have a bunch of developers who use something like react and relay and redux and um graphql and all this kind of stuff and they're familiar with it and they understand how to work with your APIs. Like they're going to build apps or absolutely they're easier to hire as well. Right. If you get half the world developing on all of this stuff, like that's going to be easier for them to hire people as well. Okay. So your prediction is, I'm still not clear. So you're saying that they're going to build a framework or a platform or whatever you want to call it. They're going to come out with something. Now, do you think that Facebook is going to release an open source version or are they just going to like provide a service through parse? Nope, it'll be open source. Really? It's not going to be through parts. I don't think so, but okay. I, you know, I could be wrong. I mean, like why are they open sourcing all the rest of the pieces? So what's the, what's the back end going to be? Is it going to be PHP? I doubt it. <laughs> it'll be Elixir. Oh! <laughs> no. Inside joke. Yeah. Jeez. Or inside the inside the club joke. This really goes back to like seeing that slide, it goes back to exactly what we talked about before where you said follow the money. Like Meteor has to be a hosting company. So when you do the math, right, let's let's just look at hosting companies. You have Heroku. Which open source uh community are they building? Which like open source platform are they building? They're not. They're, They're through not. Salesforce. Oh, okay. Which is like okay. totally closed source. Well, actually, okay. they're not even. Oh, okay. Well, uh, so let's let's go look at Modulus. Uh, which open source platform are they building? They're not. Oh, they're Demediarize. Uh, <laughs> they, they actually are with a Salesforce competitor called Progress now. Mm-hmm. So, I think that you know you just you have an extra cost structure bolted onto your hosting company in the form of the meteor platform it's going to be very very hard for them to make dollars and turn a profit when they have to pay for infrastructure they have to pay for support people they have to pay for a sales staff and business development people and they have to pay for developers for their hosting platform and developers for the open source platform. That's an extra cost that no one else has. And then it's going to be hard for them to be competitive. I don't think so. You know why? Why? I probably shouldn't chew gum while doing yeah. a podcast. Yeah. Because right now they're making the right moves. I believe in MDG and, and the direction that they're going. They are slowly taking their responsibilities and, and the liabilities that they have right now in these uh, packages that they made like Blaze. They are kind of shifting it over to then some other open source project to manage. Sure. And that, so, that totally makes sense for MDG. Uh, testing was going to be a huge drain on their resources. It's a huge importance. MDG was candid enough to say, we're not going to pick that up. They have a business plan where it's like, they just want to have a happy path. So to me, that's kind of like just a nice build tool with some magic in between each of the packages, core packages. And that's what they're going to maintain. I don't think that they're going to have a lot past that. 
And if they do, they're going to be looking for an open source community to like fill that gap eventually. So you're, you're saying though, you don't think Facebook could put together a small team to build that build tool with a couple pieces of glue in between. Oh, I certainly think they can, but I don't think they will Mm. because again, they react and the things that are coming out of Facebook uh, also satisfies Facebook's needs. They're not developing it just for the community itself. They're developing it for Facebook first. And then they're taking those teams that are developing those tools and say, Hey, go ahead and like open this up to the world and and a wider audience. It's going to make our tool better by doing that. But they're not going to make a whole separate team to build something that's never going to be integrated in Facebook. How many new apps are they, is Facebook coming out with? Yeah, but I, you know, Why I do they need to build something? silly to think that they might not already be thinking about this. I mean, if oh, you why? look at like Google and some of the stuff that they've done with big tables and all that kind of stuff, like, or even go, you know, I mean, Google's, trying- Google is different. And they're changing too. Like they had a radical, we're getting way off topic, but they had a radical restructure when they had um, Schmidt, Eric. Get, when they became like, Alphabet, you mean? Well, no, even before that, when they said, Eric, you're not, you're not going to be CEO anymore. Mm-hmm. And before they would sit down with their best engineers and their best product guys and they would, and girls, and they would say, Hey, what interests you? Do you have a project you want to make? Great. Go off and do that. Don't worry about money. We'll figure out how to make it profitable if it grows big. Well, no, no, no. And then they stop that completely. My point is like, this is a crazy thing to think about. Like the size of Facebook and the amount of stuff that it does, like saving one watt of power per server can save them like millions of dollars per year. Mm -hmm. And so pursuing this kind of thing, like, having a, a better way to write applications that will shave off one developer per team. Like, uh, yeah. I, I they're th- not developing new applications. Sure they are. They're either developing them or they're buying them. Right. But not a massive amount of them and not where it's like painful. It's like they have other pain points. They have refactoring pain points. And they also have like all these different code bases and stuff. So they're going to be looking to make general tools. React is a general tool. GraphQL is a general tool that answers a lot of those problems that they're having. You see what I'm saying? I I see what you're saying, but at the same time, like I'm telling you, like as a large company, they look at their cost centers and they try to figure out how to reduce them. And I'm, yeah, I I just, I, I think that, you know, I don't, if you I don't get think we're done with less developers. They're probably going to try to figure out a way to do that. Yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm glad that we disagree. This yeah. was a good conversation. Yeah, it is. Oh, don't be sad because I won. I'm not sad because you <laughs> lost. Here, you know what? At the you end told, of the day, you hijacked my, my topic too. Man. I did. I did. I, I knew I was too. I thought about some of this last night, but at the end of the day, uh, someone said something about, was it you that said, like, I could see Meteor being a billion-dollar company? No, they're not no. going to be a unicorn. Yeah. No. It was someone in the Meteor Club Slack not. chat, and I'm like, show me a billion-dollar hosting company. There is not one out there. No. 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 And all of them exit somewhere. So, yes. I mean, you know. I do agree with you on that. Like, they are in it. They... They'll exit. I'm glad that they're, I am glad that they are minimizing their obligation to this open source platform 
by like trying to like, like blaze is done. They didn't take on velocity. I am happy. And they didn't integrate a router. I am happy for that because they need to be real scrappy in the industry that they're in. They pick to be hosting that their industry's hosting, that that's going to be their revenue. They have to be a real scrappy company to survive. Yeah. So yeah, no, they're not going to be a billion dollars. Absolutely not. All right. Let's okay. move on. Well, dude. Okay. So we got to talk about this though really quick. Jeff talked, go listen to the video. Oh yeah. The meteor dev shop. Uh, and then I really thought it was interesting. Uh, Sashko's talk about me. I, I actually did not catch that one. Oh, it's huge. You should totally go see it. I did. Um, I did go poke around the guy that's there though. Um, I did see that. I really liked how he framed everything on why they're doing this. So he was saying that there's these two camps. One camp says that, Hey, meteor, you need to be more opinionated, more opinionated, more opinionated. Mm -hmm. There's the other camp that says, Hey, we like how you are where you're like, you're loosely held to your positions and you give more options to the developer. Right. And Sashko came in and said, so this is the, this is a lot of the feedback that we're getting. And so here's an answer. We're going to do both. And basically what they're saying is they're going to have the framework be uh, unopinionated where you can kind of like interpret it how you want and build it how you want. If you're in, if you're in an advanced situation or uh, an app that needs to break out of the norm, but they're going to have this meteor guides, which is guidelines, not standards. And that's where the opinionated way of doing things will be. Right. So if you choose to start off opinionated, you got somewhere to go to answer all that. They're not going to slap your hand or, throw errors if you don't do things the way that you want, they want you to do it. Mm -hmm. They are going to give you this guide, this guidance that you want, this official path to take. That is awesome. This is awesome. Like this is what enterprise wants. They want a guided way, but then they also want to be able to break out. And the other interesting thing is like, there's really not much documentation around the rate limiter and the security articles out there. It's not all the way done, but it's close. And they've got like, you know, they explained how and why you should use the rate limiter. Mm -hmm. And previously the only other thing you could find was on a blog post Mm -hmm. as far as I was aware. So yeah, in the past, they kind of like post things all over the place too. Like Hackpad was popular for their postings for a little bit. And now they just quip. Yeah. Quip. It's like, how do we find these things? Like we just like, who's we, doing these random Google searches and like Rishi, we just rely on Rishi. I know it's like just wild stuff and no one announces it or no official. It's like, yeah, David post there, Sashko post there. So I really am happy to hear about guides and there's support for it. Jeff mentioned that guides is important to them. Yeah. I, well, you know, that's, I mean, that's probably the toughest piece, right? Like it's, you can send two devs to work on it now and spend, you know, a month, month and a half of half time on it and get something out the door. Mm-hmm. But things change all the time. You know, like I'm now sitting on a cache of blog posts that half of them are probably outdated in some way and should be updated. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily make money off of that. And so therefore like there's just these like posts languishing out there for the community. Well, and that's maybe something how they can grow their team. Maybe. And so, like, the people who are, like, kind of laying the groundwork right now, they'll become uh, team leads or whatnot, and they, like, hire their own team, and it's doable. I I can see it organically growing, hopefully, if they meet their growth uh, goals. Anyway, dude, like, guys, go check out the dev shop. It was worth it, especially those two talks. Yeah. And then Wiccan was was pretty awesome. It's the Trello knockoff. So that, that was a pretty awesome lightning talk. 
Anyway, and that's as far as I got with lightning. Yeah, that was like uh, an extended lightning talk. It was well deserved, man. It was it was awesome. Yeah. So, All right. Good stuff. What's up next, man? Yeah. We got on a huge segue there. We did. Sorry. Oh. React Native and Meteor together. Holding hands. It's lovely. Singing songs. So it's a super short article. It doesn't say his name. P. Munins. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Patrick. Sorry, buddy. Uh, You should put your full name down at the bottom of your post. (laughs) Well, here, we'll click through to the GitHub commits. Philip. Wow, I totally missed that one. So Philip wrote this post about building a small app called Friends. Uh, And it's just a a React Native app. It looks like they're working on both the iOS and the Android. I see builds for both, but I'm not sure if the Android one is working yet. Let's see. Yeah, because the readme was two days ago and the build check-in was two days ago. So basically it's a repo and well, it's a blog post that connects you to the repo and it's just got a couple pictures, but the repo is the interesting part. It's got a meteor app and it's got the react native app in it. And it's not super crazy. Like I, I I like that. It's just a small amount of code. So you can kind of figure out what's going on here. Um, There's only one collection for friends. Uh, I think maybe the thing that, was interesting to me is that even though it was small, it totally punted on like authentication and stuff. So that seemed like the tough thing to do, but at the same time, differential put an article out about that. The good part is, you know, you look at the iOS um, JS file, it's like 105 lines of code and there's like one call uh, that's like four or five lines to get the DDP stuff kind of set up. I guess it's about six lines total. And then, like, it's just updating a list view. I mean, again, it's it's super, super simple, but... Yeah. So, they just have a DDP client package in there, and they're just bringing in the feed, and they have it. And this is all based off of the good stuff that... Um, oh, what's his name? Harrison Harnish from Respondly. He, he got uh, WebSocket support. In the React Native? Oh, really? Yeah, a while ago. Mm. Yeah, we were chatting about this, like, what, a day or two ago or yesterday? Yeah. And I was doing some research about it. I was like, is WebSocket supporting React Native? Mm-hmm. I'm having a horrible time. Like, I'm having, well, not horrible, but I'm having a tough time with some Cordova stuff right now. Mm-hmm. And so it has me, like, looking for another mistress or something like that, you know? <laughs> hey, what's, what's out there? What's going on, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so I was like, man, React Native is like looking good. We should probably touch on this a little bit. Um, Meteoric is closed down. It's done. Yeah. You should which add, is, a, add a link to the show notes, buddy. Which is a Blaze. Uh, Port of Ionic. Yeah. Yeah. Which then goes right into Cordova. So that's closed down. And so now our choices are no it's more not- Blaze. It's but not closed either. down. It's just not no. actively maintained anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm wording it wrong. Yes. Yeah, totally. I deserve that. You got the regular Ionic with Angular. You got mm-hmm. Reapp with, with React, and those both are going over Cordova. But do you really want to do that? And then you got React Native. And React Native, and this is a great example of how you can get reactivity natively. 
And it's not that hard. It is not that hard. Like Josh was saying, like it's pretty simple example that anyone could follow. And that's what makes it so great. Yeah. So, you know, the difference I think for a lot of people is going to be the React Native like styling. So if you use something like React or Ionic or any of that stuff, like it's just CSS at the end of the day. Uh-huh. You're getting some some smart style sheets that figure out what to do on devices correctly. Uh, whereas with React Native, you you've kind of got like this. It's got well, its own style sheet kind of setup. They use Flexbox. Yeah. It's not a huge, it's not like a whole new paradigm. Right. Um, I guess Flexbox is starting to get popular, but like I've used it before in the past. So like it's not huge. It's just, I think it's a little different, not a lot different. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's these little hurdles. I read an awesome article, Elijah posted on Twitter from Space Camp. I don't know your last name, Elijah. Yeah. You're awesome. Uh, about like a, a native, uh, iOS objective <coughs> developer and uh, his biz dev guy came to him, their consulting firm, and they wanted to build their next project for discovery channel in react native rather than him just building it natively. And he was like all poo pooing about it at first and all stuff. And at the end he was like, I'm not going back. Yeah. I'm, I'm a native, I'm a, I'm an objective C or a swift developer. I'm not going back. I'm going to be doing react native going forward. Yeah. Cause he liked it so much and it was a good medium post. Maybe I should send you the link yeah. on why it's good. But, um, tweet it. you know what you do? You tweet it. So if you guys really want to see this article, you should be following Ben on Twitter. Yeah. I retweeted it. So it's, it's in my feed. It's like in the, one of the top recent five posts. So anywho, this is a great example. I'm glad that Josh, that you added this to our list because it's simple. It's not that hard. It's not like some, some endangered species that you got to go hunting for and, and you're going to like yak shave. It's not. Yeah. It's not. So people have already done it for you. They've shaved all the yaks. You have yes. a yak free path. Well, you get a, you get a path full of like bald yaks. So for a while anyway. Yeah. So like, so like <laughs> lick one on your way to the mountain. <laughs> Dude, you're weird. I don't, that, that really went to a weird place. All right, well, now let's you talk about meteor strike. Did you seriously picture licking a yak? That's I, I picture you licking a yak. Yeah. Oh, that is weird. <laughs> meteor strike. Meteor strike. Now you got that stupid McDonald's tune in my head. Great. <laughs> There's a new podcast in town. Some yep. Our good friends down there in Charlotte. Mark yeah, yeah. Shropshire and company. Mark is awesome. Yes. Tecto. Actually, I don't know who Tecto is. I'm sure I do. I'm sure I've met him. I will say I'm sorry for that. You're not coming to mind. <laughs> for those of you who haven't known uh, Shrop or Mark, uh, he was on uh, one of our recent uh, Meteor Club podcasts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We talked about Maybe the uh, four, four episodes back. Paid packages. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so he is not new to podcasting. They're kind of working on something new down there called HB5, and they're opening up some co-working. And part of that is, you know, they just want to be more involved in the community. And so they uh, put together a podcast that's a quick listen. 
uh, what are they? Eight, eight minutes and 50 seconds for the first one and 11 minutes and 18 seconds for the second one. So, so roughly 10 minutes. Yeah. Which is a great Which is the time. opposite of what this episode is. Dude, just because I like talking to you, man. What, you're silent for that? Are you expecting <laughs> me to respond? <laughs> they focus on covering packages, meteor packages. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least that's their initial focus. And they're just going to have a little bite-sized episodes on meteor packages. And uh, the first one they cover is uh, browser policy. I thought it was great. First one is community makes us great. Yeah. Well, the, the first one that covers a package. Oh, okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. That's all I got. <laughs> That's all I got. Guys, so uh, go it's listen fried. to Strike. It's available on SoundCloud. You're going to enjoy it. I assume that they are going to be on iTunes and, and whatever. I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure they are. Uh, actually, I know they are because I got on Overcast and added them. Yeah. I need to actually start running again. That's when I listen to podcasts. Cool. Uh, Rock and roll. Yeah. Do anything cool this weekend, bro? Uh, gonna have a bunch of 10 and 11 year old girls over hanging out for my daughter's birthday. So you're going to have like painted nails? I'm not. No, no, no. Dude, that's so weird. My, my daughter just had her birthday December 2nd. December 5th is mine. Oh yeah. That's so wild, man. So we are going to be celebrating her birthday next Thursday. We're going to like that, uh, trampoline place. Have you, do you have those out by you? Ultimate um, jump or something like that? No, I don't think so. I mean, they have places you can go and like harness up and jump on a big train. Yeah, but you're having it. But you're having a sleepover for them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. She's turning eleven, so it's like right on that cusp. Some of her friends are like nine or ten, and their parents are like, "Yeah, she's too young for a sleepover." But so I think there's like two or three friends that are sleeping over. Um, Still. Give you props, man. She's got like five or six friends coming to hang out for the whole night, though. They are going to be so loud and giggling and, oh, my gosh. That's why, I, you know, I've got these headphones here with the noise canceling. I'll just yeah. come in here and watch a movie or something. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cool, man. All right. Well, as always, this is the Crater Podcast. Indeed. Ooh, I'm going to have such an exciting announcement next week, too. You should definitely tune in for that or pay attention to Crater. It's gonna well, be I'm definitely going to be here now. I'm excited. I don't know what it is. Yeah? You so I better show up. Being here. <laughs> <laughs> As always, if you want to help support this podcast, the other podcasts, and Crater, uh, you can go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Meteor Club. And uh, you can sign up there. Ten bucks a month gets you the awesome, awesome prize of joining Meteor Club Slack chat where you can come make fun of Ben all the time. <laughs> you guys totally beat, beat me up this week, too. Oh, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad, no. You were all like, ah, elixir, no. <laughs> you look like a deer in headlights or something. Anyway. All right. Thanks for tuning in. away from me. Yes. Talk to you next week. time. Bye-bye. This podcast has been a Meteor Club production. You can find out more information about Meteor Club at meteorjs.club. It's pretty easy to join the mailing list and stay in the loop. Again, that's meteorjs.club. Meteor.